Hello, welcome to How to Be a VIP, a show about living as or with a visually impaired person. Presented by me, your host, Taylor Knockcut. This series aims to help you, our lovely listeners, see the world through our eyes. So let's talk. Hello, welcome to episode four. So excited to be back. Thank you so much for the amazing feedback we've had from episode one, two and three. It's been so nice seeing the reviews coming through and people liking and subscribing to the show and also hearing what people have learned from the show. I had a couple of people message me about what they've picked up and what they're taking forward into their everyday life. One of the things includes uh, a listener who volunteers at at Christmas for a company, a charity that work at, at Westfield. And what they do is they help visually impaired people shopping. And she said that she's taken forward the advice I gave on how to ask a visually impaired person what they can and can't see. And she said it will really help her at Christmas make their Christmas shopping a lot easier and her approach to helping them a lot more straightforward. So into episode four. So episode three, we were looking at food and looking at how I cook at home. But for episode four, we're actually going out for dinner. So this time we're going to a restaurant called Don Le Noir. I really hope I pronounced that right to any French listeners. Um, But it translates to dining in the dark. Now, this restaurant originally opened in France and then they now have a London venue which I visited last year with my mum and my sister. And for me, it was an amazing experience, even though it's obviously very similar to how I normally would uh, feel in a restaurant as I can't see anything at all. Um, But it was still an incredible experience. So the way the restaurant works um, is it's completely, completely black. You can't see anything. You're not allowed your phone. You're not allowed your watch. Anything that emits light, you have to hand in before you go. And the members of staff, the the waiters, the servers, are all visually impaired. So they actually guide you to your table. You put your hand on their shoulder. They walk you into the restaurant and you sit down. Then when it comes to your food, before you go, you pick the red menu, the blue menu or the green menu. So meat, fish or vegetarian. And again, you have no idea what you're eating. So you have to completely rely on your smell and your taste and touch and really use all your other senses to gauge what it is you're eating. And it's quite fun, like having a little guessing game with your uh, companions. So when I went, like my mum said she found it quite a simple experience in a way because she felt like she'd watched me for years and kind of knew how to navigate a plate and navigate pouring your drink. But my sister found it a bit... Uh, overwhelming I think but we had such a good time and a friend of mine Tasha who's my interviewee for today she actually went with her boyfriend and this interview is her sharing her experience from her trip so over to you Tasha. Hello and welcome Tasha to How to Be a VIP thank you for coming on the show. Thank you very much for having me I'm very excited to, to hopefully contribute something. Oh, amazing. I'm so excited to like discuss this story with you because as I said earlier in the show, I uh, took my mum and my sister to this restaurant and you are my only friend who's actually gone. Um, and I wonder, is that was that a contributing factor to you booking it or had you heard about it, you know, from other people? I'd, I'd heard about it. I remember when we was in sixth form, um, our sixth form lead mentioned this restaurant. So it has always been on my radar. Um, it 
it was a name I couldn't always remember, but I do remember the experience. So it's something I've always typed in Google. Um, <laughs> and it just came up. And you know what? We was looking for something different to do. And I don't remember the exact sort of trigger, but I went, you know what? Let's just go. And so we booked it. Um, and that that's how we ended up going there. Amazing, amazing. And like with your experience, um, because you obviously went with your boyfriend, how mm-hmm. how was your experiences different like from each other? Like, did you both enjoy it? Did you both find the same things hard or easy? Um, so yeah, tell us about like take the picture and tell us about your experience. I mean, I loved it. I I would love to go again. Um, I could happily go there all the time. Um, just because it was such a fantastic experience. We were made to be feel so welcome. Um, it wasn't just going into a restaurant. It wasn't like that at all. It, it was a whole sort of experience that you was there for. Um, I know I've mentioned before, but I think uh, my partner sort of did struggle, um, if I'm honest. Um, I went there and I can only describe it as Taylor's mannerisms. Um, <laughs> I have been hanging around with you. You've got some mannerisms and um, they really helped me and guided me during my experience. So I oh, think I learned sorry. a lot. So you may not realise it, but you are educating people um, just through being you, which I think is really nice. And um, my partner hasn't had that benefit, that advantage uh, in life. And so he really did struggle, I would say. Um, and I think, yeah, there was things about especially the feeling, the feeling and the touching of things, which I have learned from yourself. Like you've, you've taught me how to, um, you've mentioned sort of when you've had peas and um, boiling water, what you need to do to, to help yourself mm. to not get injured. These small things that you kind of just mentioned fed into my experience there. So, um, yeah, I really enjoyed the experience. It was such a different experience to go for. Um, and the food was really incredible. If I'm being honest, the food was really, really good. Um, so if anything, go for the food because it was incredible. But yeah, our server was fantastic. Uh, just everything about it. They are so welcoming, kind. It's not a traditional um, sort of restaurant experience. That's the only way I can describe it. So yeah. Amazing. And yeah, I agree with you. Like the servers were so, so lovely. And um, I found like I was quite lucky in the sense that everyone that was in the restaurant when I went um that the other uh people attending uh were all you could tell like really really enjoying it and they mm-hmm. all were getting really involved and you know chatting and it was all very like sort of warm and welcoming but um you mentioned to me uh prior to this interview that you actually had someone nearby who you think was sort of struggling with the experience a bit yeah, yeah. so we had um so there was myself and my partner i believe we were sat at the end of what would have been almost like a bench um and so we were very very close to the individuals next to us um who was uh, a sort of a man and woman from what we could sort of tell that's all we could tell um the woman was sitting opposite me she was on the bench um and you could just feel this air of upset you could feel this air of tension um mm. and so when we were put down on our seat you know we've we've got drinks we've um, requested for the drinks and things um and they were, from what I could tell, I think they just finished a starter, maybe just getting the mains out. And you could just tell there was, it was the atmosphere. I couldn't quite describe it. And she wasn't very talkative. She seemed very kind of nervous. And mm. then I could hear what I thought was crying. Um, she was trying to be very, very discreet about it. Um, but what then, what then sort of next transpired was basically before they even sort of had the main, 
um, she's then left the chair and the partners then left the chair and they sort of said to the, the server, sort of like, excuse me, um, we've got to be excused, we're sort of going now. And um, for me, that I felt really disheartened because I think it's such an evocative experience and there were so much things that you could learn from it. Um, yeah. And I feel like if anything, they were missing out. Um, like the food was incredible. So if they've missed out on that really nice sort of food, that really nice experience. Our server, who was also for the people next to us, was absolutely fantastic. Um, and they've missed out on a lot of her sort of lovely quips and jokes. Um, she was basically mm-hmm. our entertainer, if I'm being honest, for the whole night. She was fantastic. Um, and I wish I could remember her name now, but she was really, really good. Um, and I do remember leaving a review saying that she was incredible. But they, yes, yeah, so she was very, so like the people next to us were very, very upset and they ended up leaving, I believe, just before their main course. Um, and I felt very sort of disheartened. And it, and I will say, it did make my partner feel a bit, um, what am I, what have I got myself in for? Yeah. Um, and it kind of made us feel a bit tense. And I sort of thought, oh goodness, you know, thinking what, what could have happened? You know, have they maybe hurt themselves? And I, it, you know, it's still an unknown to me. It's still a mystery to me. Um, but like I said, I absolutely love the experience. And I, it's one of these things which I think everyone must do in their life. It's, it's one of these things you have, it has to go on the bucket list. You have to do it. Um, because I could, I think I've learned a lot from you and that is not very apparent until you go there. Yeah, I definitely think my mum said the exact same thing to me. Like she felt like she said she couldn't see obviously anything at all in the restaurant, mm-hmm. but she said that she felt like in her mind's eye she could see my hands. So when yeah. she was navigating her plate, yeah. she said it's like she developed my hands and you know was using the back of the fork to sort of touch where the food is like to get the layout. Yeah, mm. I was I was getting the layout of the bowl um, and the plate. I was getting the layout of the food. I was, I mean, I was using my hands a lot and I actually, I loved it. Um, it was such a different experience. Like I said, you're so sort of used to, um, sort of eating with a knife and, and thought you take it something for granted. Um, and again, it's when my partner struggled. He, he was like, I don't know what I'm doing. I don't know what I'm cutting. I don't know what I'm eating. I'm not cutting this. It's not on my fork. And there was, the struggle was real. And I think what, what sort of listeners can appreciate is, is yes, you're in pitch black, but you don't know until you're there how very very dark you you genuinely cannot see anything and again we're taking it for granted that even at night time when there's no um street lights for example there is still an element of light to give you that perception um here mm. we were obviously guided everywhere you had to be um you were using your hands and you were really trying to utilize all the other senses to get an idea of your surrounding like i said you know i could tell there were two individuals next to me I couldn't tell you anything about those individuals. You know, mm. I could tell they were close. I could almost feel them, their warmth, but I couldn't yeah. tell you anything about them. So it, it was quite a surreal experience in that sense. And I think as well, what um, my sister found interesting was the food element because, mm. like, in restaurants, if I've obviously ordered food, like, I roughly will know what I've ordered like in the dish but sometimes restaurants add like you know like a garnish or a couple of extra Mm -hmm. little bits and bobs and sometimes I'll be eating and go oh there's a surprise like because it might be something that I didn't (laughs) think might be in the dish and my sister was like didn't realize that till afterwards she was like oh my god so unless you know someone has told you exactly what's on your plate you're not going to know don't actually come across it like the amount of times that funny thing is when I've gone to a restaurant they've given um the amount of times they've uh, put, you know, like a slice of lemon next to fish. Mm-hmm. And I go yeah. and bite into the lemon. I'm like, oh, no, not the lemon for the fish. Oh. Um, but yeah, my sister was getting um, some of the, like, because obviously I, when I was eating, I could instantly um, 
like taste what the food was. And a few mm-hmm. of the dishes, she was like, I think that's, you know, so-and-so. And like, it was like a meat type and she got the meat type yeah. confused. And I was like, it's not that. How? And she was like, how do you, what do you mean? I was like, no, think, think of the texture on your tongue and that think about so eaten the meat uh, that you're saying. So she thought, thought one of the dishes was um, pork. And I was like, right, okay, think of the texture of when you last had pork and think about what you're eating now. She was like, oh no, it doesn't feel like pork. But she was just going from taste. And I was like, no, you, you know, you might be tasting that it could be, say, I don't know, like a red meat, but it might like it might not be pork. And, and when she said that, like when I said that to her, she was like, oh, actually it's not. And it's kind of using, you know, yes, yeah, smell, taste, um, yeah, like the texture of even the yeah. cutlery going into the food as well yeah. uh, and all those elements. And same with the drinks, because I did um, the secret wine pair. I think it was like the secret <laughs> wine pairing where... Uh, again, you just ordered like a mystery glass um, of wine. And I know that um, separate to this restaurant, but actual wine, some wine tastings do it where they um, keep the wine the same temperature. So like red, mm-hmm. white and like rosé and you've got a, and they're blindfolded and you've got a guess, like do not guess, but determine from the texture and the senses from that. So I think yeah. it's really interesting even with the drink, not knowing what you're drinking. Um, so, and again, pouring the drink as well, because I remember you said that you... You did my little tip. Yeah, yes. Yeah. <laughs> I've learned your tip. Um, so when we first sat down, we had water and um, I felt out the glasses. I felt out the jug and my partner, again, was not prepared for, for that. Um, and I learned from your tip, you know, I put my little finger on the rim of the glass. I could feel the water as it, it was rising and all these sort of things. And I ended up basically being in charge of pouring out the water throughout the whole meal. Um, mm. And I did, you just mentioned that made me remember that my partner also forgot where he put his drink. So he's oh. put it down and he couldn't remember where he put it. And so he was sort of feeling on the table, like, where's my drink? And he didn't know where he left it. And again, we take it for granted um, that we, you know, we don't need to remember where we put the drink. Uh, mm. There was an we did. Um, and it's perfect what you mentioned about the textures. That's another thing that came up as well. I mean, it was a fantastic meal uh, and I don't want to reveal too much about what I consumed because it is a mystery. You don't know what you're going to get there every day. Um, mm. But there were some things where my partner was going, I think it's this. And I went, no, see, I think it's something else. And we were sort of debating what it was. Um, and again, I was using my my hands to just feel the texture I went, mean, oh, this feels like this though, because it feels a lot more squishy. Um, yeah. It, it really did play into this whole experience where actually, you know, you're appreciating what you're eating. You know, you're not just looking like you said, you can easily assume it's sort of chicken um, or pork, for example. You can easily mm-hmm. like, mix up those two. It's a bit harder to confuse beef and chicken unless you're in that sort of scenario. Um, yeah. So what, that's why I really, like I said, I enjoyed that kind of element where you're looking at, you're thinking about your food, you're tasting it you're really tasting it um and you're you're debating it almost at the t- same time you're not going oh yeah this is definitely i don't know fish and chips you're going hold on i need to get this texture right or hold on and um I th- what i thought was particularly unfair i suppose in many said i'm a quite a fussy eater um mm. and so i've always been quite scared i think i've mentioned before i'm always quite scared of going to restaurants because i can be really really fussy with certain things um and I actually, I'm so glad I didn't actually struggle. And I think in part of that was because I wasn't thinking so much about the food. I was mm. thinking lots of things and I was thinking about the taste and I was thinking about, and you know, it wasn't to say 
I couldn't, there was, you know, I don't eat fruit. So when I came to the dessert option, I was like going, oh no, I know, I'm not, I know what I'm avoiding. Um, <laughs> but it was still a really good experience because like I said, it's, it's not something I've had to have before. Um, so yeah, it, like I said, I've, I've learned your mannerisms in that sense where I'm learning about the food, but you do get these surprises. And I think for me as a fussy eater, I'd really struggle with, you know, suddenly there's a bit of, I don't know, fennel, you know, or, or spring onion, you know, these very powerful flavors that you're not necessarily going to register until you, until you've eaten it. Mm, no, a hundred percent. I think that that's what, um, like my sister again sort of said for the whole thing. She's like, it kind of, again, she's, she's a bit fussy with certain foods. She was like, it doesn't give you the, almost the opportunity to be fussy oh. because you're so busy exploring. And she said that like eating with your eyes, she didn't realize how much that she, she ate with her eyes. Mm-hmm. It's so true. And I said, you know, when, when we was, um, especially with the sort of main, we were like investigating what the main was and we were discussing what the main was. And I don't know any other time when you would do that, when you'd go, Oh, I think this is X, Y, Z. No, I think this is, you don't have the opportunity because like I said, you know, you're reading with your eyes, you're going, okay, there's a tomato there, an onion there. And you're not really Mm. registering what it is. You're not registering those flavors and you give yourself so much opportunity to not eat something. Um, yeah. Definitely me as a fussy eater, that that was taken away from me. I I had no choice. You know, I was eating what I was eating, whether yeah. I liked it or not. And, I, and <laughs> in, in that sense, it was very very um, liberating because I don't usually have you know I don't have that experience before. Yeah, no, definitely. And like sort of circling back to what you said about the um, about your partner losing his drink. The amount of times, like when I go to a restaurant, I always, and you probably know now I'm going to say it, you're going to go, oh yeah. Um, I always sort of like unfold the napkin, move the cutlery sort of evenly spaced. And if mm-hmm. there's like the glasses, like, you know, the wine glass and the water glass, I'll sort of turn the water glass facing up and I'll put them in a row. Like everything has to be in rows. And sometimes like waiters will come. And again, like this is not like their fault at all, but they're mm-hmm. like, if they're putting plates down or say they're pouring water into your glass, they may pick the glass up and put it back and mm-hmm. they, they may put it back where I haven't, you know, where I didn't put it. And not everyone, you know, would notice these things. And ever mm-hmm. since I've had Jilly, because obviously when I go to a restaurant, when I've been out with you, Tash, I've like, had my cane or it's folded up or I'm with you. So no one, like people mm-hmm. might not necessarily notice, but because I've got the guide dog, I have found that waiting staff are now conscious of where they put things so mm-hmm. I had it recently where um I went to Cote Brasserie and actually the waiter he put the wine down and he actually said I'm just going to slide the bottom of the glass towards your right hand and yeah I was like oh my god this like no yeah. one ever does this and um and same with like the the menu he was like um he actually said to me because I've had it before where waiters like brandish menus and I'm either leaving them awkwardly hanging or I'm sort of like putting my hand out and I just hold it because I'm like, I, or now I just say I don't need the menu. But he said the same thing. He was like, would you like a menu? Or are you happy for me to give it to someone in your party? And I was like, no, that's mm-hmm. fine. Thank you so much. So again, like he, I don't know if he'd known a vision impaired person or if he was just really on it. But I did say to him afterwards, I was like, oh, you were so good at like helping me navigate the table and being really considerate when you were putting like plates down and and like he said, like, oh, I'm, do you mind me taking your cutlery away and bringing you back fresh cutlery? I was like, no, that's fine. And just things like that. Because again, most people would, if they've had a starter, put the cutlery back on the plate. But I wasn't sure. So I would always just put it back on the napkins, things like yeah. that. 
And um, yeah, he was really quick to sort of notice uh, my traits and mannerisms. And, you know, when he'd bring back the next uh, item, he would put it exactly where I had had recently put the, the previous thing. So I think it is like an interesting thing. And maybe that could be a thing that all of, um, well, not all, but maybe restaurant uh, managers could send their staff members to go there because even that would be interesting for them as, like, to learn as waiters. Yeah. I think it's, you, you touched on a very good point. It's just people being considerate. Um, mm. And I think it's been very valid. I think there are always concerns um, when we go out for, for dinner. Um, for me, one of them is the sheer amount of clutter that can be on a table. Um, mm. There can sometimes be so much stuff that you've kind of got on a table. You, you know, you've mentioned menus, you might have cutlery, you might have double lots of cutlery, napkins, and then you've got condiments. And so I do notice that when obviously you do sit down, you kind of have to clear your workstation. You've kind of yeah. got to organise it. And and for me, I think you should be able to sit down and it's it's you can put it in a way that you like it. But mm. I've always found it can be quite cluttered. Um, and so, you know, typically if you go to fresh you might have a glass of water and you might have a drink. And I think that's really hard for you to navigate because mm. there's not enough space on a table. I mean, especially when I, I remember when we've got sharing platters before, again, it's that, it's that kind of, oh, you know, they instinctively put it in the middle of the table and, you know, and when we're eating with you, obviously we're, we're there sort of helping you out with those sort of things. And I think it's, it's that big part of consideration of, you know, they could just easily ask, where would you like this or where's the best place for it to go? Um, and the other biggest pe- pet peeve of mine is menus. Um, mm. They are not made for everyone. Um, and I think that's really, really exclusive, you know, and it, it frustrates me. I've, I've had, you know, when they sometimes do really, not even contrasting colours, very, very sort of um, colours which look awfully similar. Um mm. And I just think how much of a struggle it is. And uh, I mean, I'm, I'm quite organized and I tend to look at the menu before I go, but it, it takes yeah. away that choice. And I know that when we've gone through menus with you and we'll go through the menu and we'll go through what's, like I said, you know, all the ingredients that we can come across. Um, and we're kind of going by flavors, aren't we? We're going by, Oh, this flavor sounds really good, actually. Um, yeah. I find that really limiting because it's not like there is an option for you to have a menu, you know? Yeah, um, it's so true. Like with restaurants, me, sorry, with restaurant menus, you were saying like, I have only ever been offered a braille menu once, which is crazy. Yeah. I've I've never, when we've been out, I've never been offered a sort of an alternative menu or an alternative way of reading the menu. Um, and I find it kind of disheartening really because, you know, we're there talking about sort of food. Oh, you know, I don't know, they're... What do you, and we always have to ask, what do you feel like? What do you feel like? And, you know, we'll go down chicken. Right, okay, let's find all chicken. Or, actually, no, I want some vegetarian food. And so we find that we're going by flavours, but it's mm. sort of depriving the experience of going, oh, actually, I don't know what I feel like today. And yeah. you, you may not think, I mean, I think you think this, but when we have gone out, I think you think you're being a bit of a nuisance to ask us to repeat a meal, which it isn't, but I can see why oh. you feel a bit, you know, oh, I don't want to ask them again. Because if that was me, I'd be in exactly the same situation. So Especially if the menu is massive. No, <laughs> yeah. you only get one chance to kind of like listen and go, oh, that what like they said. And, you know, and I feel always really bad because it's not a problem, but they kind of made it into a problem, if that makes sense. All because they they just made it really inaccessible. Mm. Yeah, it's so true. It's so, so true. And like, um, yeah, like you said, um, 
if that was something that, yeah, like a member of staff might even, yeah, clock and say, like, or kind of take over kind of what you were saying, like say, oh, what are you fancying? Or, oh, if, you, if you're if you really into spicy food, I totally recommend the blah, blah, blah. Do you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So that, because it just makes it, yeah, more of an inclusive experience for, yeah, for everyone. Um, yeah. And also it's like a way of, in, you know, engaging with like, with the, the staff as well um yeah. and especially we've had it before haven't we Where like if it's a rammed restaurant and the staff are like oh have you, you know because people just can quickly scan a menu mm. so yeah. ordering is really quick but yeah like if you're having to read me the menu and maybe go over something a couple of times you know the waiting staff have sometimes come over and been like oh you're ready to order and we're like oh can you give us a few more minutes no, and, and even yeah. that element the time element it's rushing. It feels it feels quite pressured. The thing is, I do appreciate, you know, they've got tables filled, they might have multiple tables, but mm. if they were to make it more accessible, that wouldn't be a problem. You see what I mean? And I think, mm. like, you know, you've mentioned about um, even when we've had to go to the restroom in, in the restaurants, these things, they've made it quite hard for themselves. Um, they've not mm. made it easy. And if they just made it more accessible to all, there would, you know, time would matter. It'd be irrelevant because things would go through swimmingly. But like you said about the menus, I remember when we went to a restaurant uh, for Christmas, a typically very busy time of year. And there is that kind of, not rush, but there's that really big buzz. And I think mm-hmm. it's really hard, isn't it, to, to go, okay, well, they've got the Christmas menu, they've got the set menu, they've got this other <laughs> menu. You've got to go through different menus and, you know, different options. And you've got to, like, go through it rapidly. You know, you've got to speak on it. And I, I find it very bizarre sort of thing. Like, hold on, I've come out for an experience. Um, yeah, like as much as I really want to eat, guys, you know, it, it just feels like it can be sometimes a bit too rushed. I think yeah. uh, men, menus don't help in that sense yeah. when they're accessible because that's what's taking up time. And like I said, the clutter on the table, as soon as you do sit down, you are organising your workstation. You are putting everything in its intended place and like I said I've noticed it when they've moved things um when we've even gone for like teas as well and you mm-hmm. think that's a hot that's a hot thing you know you don't want to be moving a cup of tea per se and especially if you're there kind of rummaging around I think that's really really challenging yeah oh gosh and candles as well didn't even think of candles oh. that's another one <laughs> I've not yet gone up in flames but yeah again if you're wearing like a a floaty sleeve top and you're leaning oh, that yeah. could be it's kind of clutter i think there's there is a place for these lovely ornaments on the table um but i think if the tables were big enough there would be a lot more but in some mm. like in some places it's really tight and it's to get you in and out and you know but it can be a lot more accommodating i think and made it a bit more easier because uh, i mean i don't like it when there's a lot of clutter on the table so i don't know how you manage it Without being like, hold on, you know, my, my forks, my, where's my cutlery gone? Especially with yeah. things without even telling you, because they're just, they're just gone. I'm like, hold on, I did leave that on my left hand side. It's now not there. So, no, definitely. Oh, well, I'm so touched that like your experience at um, Don Nimois was so much easier because, because of my, um, whether or not I noticed it, but my influence. Your, <laughs> and, your, your um, mannerisms, the tailorisms, as we'll call the them. Tailorisms, <laughs> exactly. And, um, but yeah, and you've made some incredible points. And hopefully, if anyone's listening um, in the food and drink sector, uh, these may be things that they may take forward. And if people haven't been um, to the restaurant for this experience, like Tasha said, and like I said, like I definitely 
think we yeah, we both could recommend it, wouldn't it's we? It's got to be on your list of things to do. It has to be non-negotiable, I'm afraid. <laughs> <laughs> Amazing. Oh, thank you so much, Tash, for coming on the show. Thank you for having me. Thank you. Huge thanks to Tasha for that lovely interview. And like we said, we definitely, definitely recommend visiting Don Le Noir and put it on your New Year's uh, resolution list. So we've come to the VIP treatment section of the show where I share a negative experience that I have had and how it can be addressed differently. So this week we're looking at waiters and how uh, when they're taking people's order, they address a visually impaired person. I've had it a few times in restaurants where a waiter will go around the table and then they'll spot that I'm visually impaired and say to somebody else, what would she like or what would they like? And I know it's probably because they're not entirely sure how to address me or how to get my attention because normally I suppose a waiter or waitress would, you know, catch someone's eye or um, like move around the table and be able to, you know, order people's food um, quickly and easily. But there's a few ways you can tackle this if you're in the food and drink sector. So first thing you could do, if the person is sitting far away from you and you can't, you know, walk around the table to them, you could either take everyone else's order first. So then if I was sitting there, I'd hear that everyone has ordered and I'm the only one left. You could also spot something that I'm wearing. So say I had like a red headband, you could say. Uh, and finally, um, for you, miss in the red headband, what would you like? Or you could, um, if you're near them, come round so that your voice has got a little bit closer so they can tell that you're addressing them. Or you can gently touch the back of your chair because if someone did that, I'd be aware that there was someone standing behind me. So if I heard a waiter ask right behind me, I'd assume that's me that they're speaking to. There's a few little ways that you can get their attention, but it just makes it a more inclusive experience. um, And, you know, it makes us feel a lot more comfortable uh, giving our own order to you. Okay, now we're going to go on to another little clip from Tasha. And this is the VIP life lesson. So something Tasha has learned from being out with me um, or something that she's learned in life um, that she's going to take forward in her everyday My VIP life lesson doesn't just apply to visually impaired people, but to all of different abilities. I heard from a renowned charity, which really resonated with me, that if you make the world accessible to all disabilities, you make it accessible to all. I think for me, when I'm going out, for example, on a dining experience, having Braille on a menu would not impact my day-to-day life and would actually help raise awareness and normalise disabilities. I think things like this are so simple and so inclusive, you're making the world just that bit more accessible to all. I absolutely love that from Tasha. I think it's so true that putting Braille on a menu would just help so many people uh, when they go out for their dining experiences. But like she said, for a sighted person, it wouldn't affect their day to day. Wonderfuls. The last little bit is Taylor's top tips. And this one, again, is for the food and drink sector about how you can lay out your restaurant. So when I'm navigating a restaurant, either being guided by a family member or friend or my guide dog, Jilly, or if I was using a cane, the layout really affects how I move uh, through the restaurant swimmingly. 
So if a restaurant is laid out in a grid or in rows, it's so much easier for me because it means that there's no obstacles. When you have a restaurant laid out where the tables are all, you know, scattered or big table, small table, it means you're constantly weaving in and out. And especially if you're trying to navigate around waiters with plates and other customers, it's a lot simpler if the restaurant is laid out in a grid. So if you are a business and you've got a restaurant, maybe think about, could you have a reshuffle? Could everything be in rows? Because then if you do have customers also with wheelchairs and buggies, it will make their experience a lot smoother. So that's the end of the episode. Thank you so much to my wonderful guest, Tasha. And for you guys, the lovely listeners, definitely check out Dons and Noir, pop it on your to-do list for next year and make sure that you have subscribed to the show so you don't miss the next episode. Thank you and have a lovely day. Thanks for listening. To make sure you never miss a future episode, give me a follow, Taylor Notcut on Instagram. If you're listening to this as a podcast, make sure to like, review and subscribe as it helps other people find the show. Much love and see you next time.